your mouth feels clean, your throat refreshed. The finest leaf tobacco, mild, refreshing menthol, and the world's most thoroughly tested filter. That's Snow Fresh Filter Cool. Why don't you switch from hots to the Snow Fresh coolness of cool? There you go. You know, my, my favorite of those from Once Upon a Time, be the uh, doctors, the ads with the doctors that would make their recommendation for what your uh, SIG of choice should be. Yeah, things have changed just a little bit. However, things are going to change yet again, it would appear, because, well, just last week, we had the FDA say, yeah, you know what, those menthol-flavored cigarettes, no more. We're going to ban menthol now as well. So what's going to happen here? How will this play out? They're talking about it. Somebody knows a thing or two about the FDA. Former FDA Associate Commissioner, the co-founder and president of the Center for Medicine and the Public Interest, Peter Pitts. Peter, good to talk with you again. Good morning. All right, so give us a lowdown on this. What does this FDA decision mean exactly, and how will this play out? Well, a couple of years ago, the FDA uh, banned flavored cigarettes, kind of candy-flavored cigarettes, with a carve-out for menthol. And now the FDA is saying is they're going to ban menthol cigarettes as well, and I think that there's a good reason for that. Uh, menthol cigarettes are the cigarette of, choice, cigarette of choice for young smokers who are beginning to smoke, and 85% of black smokers smoke menthol cigarettes, and that is an incredibly high at-risk audience, as we learned from COVID-19. So this is, this is the FDA taking the next step and saying, listen, people want to smoke tobacco, we're not going to make it any easier by allowing it to be masked by flavors or by menthol. So, Peter, you you illustrate the the case that's that's being made here, and and obviously you think it's the appropriate choice. Obviously, you don't just snap your fingers and and have this happen overnight. So, what are the steps in getting from here to there? Well, it's a, it's a long and arduous process. So, right now we're in what's called comment period. So people can enter their comments on the proposed rule in the federal record, and that ends just after the 4th of July. And that's probably when the lawsuits start from Big Tobacco. And that could delay implementation by a year or possibly even more. And what's interesting is, you know, this is a big moneymaker for for Big Tobacco, so they're going to argue it every which way to Sunday, including uh, uh, using the voice of, believe it or not, Reverend Al Sharpton, uh, who is a voice saying that if you ban menthol cigarettes, criminal elements will be the only people selling them on the streets. Kind of like, you know, if if you outlaw menthol cigarettes, only outlaws will have menthol cigarettes. It's kind of a silly argument. And, of course, Reverend Al is taking a boatload of money from big tobacco. It's going to be quite a show. The one thing that comes to mind, we start talking about flavored stuff, and young people in particular. I, I know there's data out there now showing that a lot of people have gotten involved with vaping. Kids that got involved in vaping did end up smoking cigarettes as well. Uh, but, you know, for people who are looking for flavor generally, I mean, isn't that kind of where things have been trending? Is that they're just going to go to the vapes? It has, definitely. And, in fact, when we talk about vapes, the FDA is also coming down very hard on, like, candy-flavored, ice cream-flavored, Ben & Jerry-flavored vapes. Uh, but they, you can vape nicotine, kind of the standard cigarette flavor, and you can vape menthol. So it, it reintroduces the reality that vaping is a great tool to get people off of cigarettes and to get people to quit smoking, get get them off the nicotine habit altogether. So I think that there's there's a teaching moment here about getting people to stop smoking altogether rather than simply moving from 
uh, smoking to vaping, which is safer, but the best bet is not to vape and not to smoke. Yeah, Peter, I have never smoked anything. I mean, literally nothing in my life. And, and I, I certainly would prefer for people, for the reasons you've mentioned, not to get involved with stuff. You know, that that being said, I, mean, I understand that you're taking a look at things from a medical perspective. At what point should we draw lines between what we outright ban versus, you know, perhaps individual decision-making? Why is it that in this particular case, we need to continue to restrict what is already an extremely regulated industry? You know, that's, that's a great question. You know, there's a very thin line between what's right for the public health and the big hand of government. We've got to be aware of that. But, you know, in my opinion, you know, smoking is still our nation's number one preventable health problem. All sorts of issues, cancer, you know, you know heart disease, secondhand smoke issues. I think it crosses the line to a real issue of public good versus public harm. But you've got to be very careful about impinging on people's civil liberties. No question about it. And on that note, I mean, I'm just kind of curious to get your opinion on this because, you know, on one hand, as a society, and I understand that, you know, marijuana in all forms is still considered a Schedule One drug according to the federal government. However, federal posturing certainly is in favor of legalization at this point. We see many states that have quasi-legalized marijuana in various forms, including outright recreational in some instances, what do you make of the movement of society to loosen the reins and continue to move towards, you know, just, um, you know, free and open marijuana smoking while at the same time we're saying, but that menthol, you know, we've we got we to gotta crack down on it. No, we're definitely sending mixed messages, both from the federal level and the state level. I don't think you'll find any federal official or any state official that says, you know what, people should smoke. And yet that's exactly the message we're sending about marijuana. People shouldn't be smoking Anything combustible, anything, whether it's marijuana or tobacco, they shouldn't be smoking. It's bad for your health and it's bad for the health of those around you. We've got to make, we've got to remind people that it's the same message. And if we confuse people, they're going to ignore our messages altogether. I'm still waiting for the day when we get the outright ban of smoking any tobacco product, just tobacco generally, but we're all mandated to buy it because they still want the tax revenue. That's <laughs> Peter. Yeah. I mean, sit down. You bet. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, always good talking with you. And again, that is uh, Peter Pitts. He is a, a former FDA associate commissioner and the president, co-founder of the uh, Center for Medicine in the Public Interest.